Hey, I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's been a while. I'd say like close to a week. Maybe two. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure. But the last few days or so, I've just been preparing. I had to go to a wedding for a very good friend of mine. My buddy Dan got married on Saturday. And it was a dope wedding. I'm not going to lie. Um, they had a Ben Franklin impersonator initiating the wedding. That was cool as shit. We got a, t- a picture with him. I'll probably put that on my Instagram um, when I get the chance. I'm still dealing with the remnants of a hangover that I had yesterday because we went in at the wedding. We had a good. It was a really good time. It was a really dope wedding. Um, seeing uh, friends I hadn't seen in a little while. Um, seeing someone that you know they get married is that's a, it's one of those crazy things. It's like a, a crazy moment because it's just like I I never even thought about it like when I found out he was uh got engaged to his now wife Shannon um I was like whoa you know like one of my very good friends is getting married he's only one of two people that I know that I know in my group of people that I know all my good friends and shit that have gotten married so it, it's it was it's like for me it's just like oh man, you know one of my very good friends about to get married and whatnot. So congratulations to Dan and Shannon on their marriage. I like Shannon; she's she's cool girl. But other than that, you know, congratulations to Dan and Shannon on their wedding. It was a great wedding, had a great time. So that's what I've been enjoying. Um, but besides that, work, of course is work, you know, you got to get through that and all that. So that's why I didn't put out, really put out anything last week. Cause I was going to be, I knew it was going to be very busy working on stuff at my job. So that's, what's been going on with me as of late. But I knew the first thing that was going to come out of my mouth besides that was talking about Sasha Banks. The whole thing that's going on with Sasha Banks from my standpoint, you can only ask one question. Do you blame her? I don't. Right after WrestleMania, you know, there was reports coming out that, you know, she wanted to quit WWE and all this stuff. You know, because she found out that day, the day on WrestleMania, that she, were, that she and herself and Bailey were going to drop the titles. To the Iconics. In my opinion, that's a bad choice. That was a poor choice. I do like the Iconics. I don't like the way they've been booked as of late. That deems them worthy of being the women's tag team champions. Don't mind me. I'm just trying to make sure my words come out properly. So if I take a little bit of silence. For those of you who are new, I'm just trying to formulate my words right. But what has gone on over in her entire main roster career? Although to some, the accolades would be actually fantastic. You mean, you know, four-time women's champion. All that good stuff. That's had classic matches, of course, with Bailey, Asuka. She had a good match with Ronda Rousey, in my opinion. And done all this stuff. But she hasn't really, I feel, gotten what she deserves. I mean, yeah, you could say she's a four-time women's champion, but none of those reigns lasted longer than a month. Maybe, I think one of them went over a month. 
she was hot potato winning the title with Charlotte. It's all well and good. But when you take a look at Sasha Banks 2018, it was it was literally filled with beef with Bailey and face of the riot squad in some capacity for a good portion of that year. That was her year. And that was Bailey's year. You know, her title reign with Bailey lasted what, seven weeks? Seven weeks. That was her longest title reign that she's ever had ever since she's gone up to the main roster. So I don't blame her for being pissed off. I don't blame her for wanting to leave. I'm sure WWE probably wouldn't give a shit if she left. I mean, you gotta think about it. Alexander Wolf gone from WWE main roster. I know where he's at now. And it's a smart move on fucking their part. So, Luke Harper asking for his release. Sasha Banks wanting to leave. I think she might be back tonight. I'm not. I'm not sure. I haven't really checked my uh, the news. But Sasha Banks is one of those talents where you could honestly build the division around her. And the way they have been booking her as of late has just been fucking tragic. So fucking tragic. I mean, yeah, she had the Ronda match to kick off her year on pay-per-view, but we knew Ronda Rousey was going to win anyway. Then they gave her that, and then had her and Bayley win the championship, win the tag team titles at Elimination Chamber. Seven weeks after that, you lose uh, them to the Iconics. And then we found out, reports stated, you know, they were, she was supposed to be given the title until at least May. This is just from what I'm reading. You know, I mean, we had we had hopes of Banks and Bailey being at TakeOver San Jose and face Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane for the Women's Tag Team Championships on that card. That was a, that was a hope I had, you know. I've always stated it. Long, dominant title reigns add prestige to the championship that the person is holding. And they only held it for seven weeks. It's been, it's, again, do you blame her for wanting to leave? And now that we've had the superstar shakeup, Bailey's now over on SmackDown, Banks stays on Raw. That makes it even crazier now. Because now you've literally said we have broken up the Boston Hell connection. And now we're going to keep you on Raw. And probably make you do nothing. Just trying to... like, like When you really piece it all together. Like I always say, you follow the bouncing ball. So now they're keeping Banks on Raw. To do nothing. Maybe something of significance. I don't know. I don't know what they're planning on doing in 2019. But the way the Superstar Shakeup went, and, and we'll be talking about this today. We'll be talking about how I felt about the Superstar Shakeup. But for her now, it's it, it's more than likely going to lean on punishment time. 
it's going to lean on her being punished for everything that's been going on with her recently. This is punishment. Even if she requested her release, I guarantee Vince McMahon would say no. There were a lot of moves from the Stupasar shakeup that includes this one that I cannot sit well with. And like, like I said, you know, Sasha Banks is, is one that should be top tier. It, she should be fighting for championships. She should be in a feud with Becky, you know, having better matches than, than what she had been doing in 2018. And that's why merging the women's together, women's division together would have made sense. Because then you could have had Sasha Banks be a top tier contender for the championship. Don't worry, I'll get into all that. I just want to piece it together. And look at my tablet and trying to find stuff, you know, to talk about. It's been, you know, quite interesting. Of course, you know, Bleacher Report stating that Sasha Banks deserves top tier feuds with Becky and Charlotte. You know, Charlotte's Banks, you know, Sasha Banks has been wasted for the past two years. And actually, you know what? I'm going to read that one. I know this is weird radio, all that good stuff for podcasting, but it's an interesting. Okay, so this is from, of course, the sun.co.uk. Bossed about Sasha Banks has been wasted by WWE for the past two years. She has every right to be upset amid quit rumors. So let's get into this. This was from Tom Forty on the, actually, came out earlier today. Just a couple, of, actually about an hour or so ago. The big story in wrestling since WrestleMania 35 has been the rumored friction between WWE and Sasha Banks. Reports say that Sasha and her partner Bailey were upset upon learning they were set to drop the women's tag belts on the big show and protested in the locker room. Woo! According to the rumors, the boss tried to quit WWE, but was given some time off to reconsider her decision. Sasha also canceled an appearance of the Wendy Williams chat show, citing personal reasons, and hasn't been on WWE television since. As ever with wrestling rumors, you can see you have a lot. Words are hard this morning. Where's my coffee? Where's my fucking coffee? Jesus. Slow it down. Okay, as ever, with wrestling rumors, you have to take things with a pinch of salt. Backstage stories in the wrestling world have a way of working themselves into a shoot, as the wrestling lingo goes. Okay, breaking the fourth wall, nice. And like wrestling itself can blur the lines between fact and fiction. WWE, the fact WWE has included the situations into its storylines, having Bailey unable to get a hold of Sasha on the phone during Raw, and then declaring she's now a singles competitor after jumping to SmackDown the following night, suggest Sasha will be back. But it is true that WWE has wasted Sasha Banks over the last two years. You couldn't blame Sasha for being frustrated with WWE creative and wanting to storm out on the company. And with the emergence of rival promotion AEW, it wouldn't be hard for this hugely talented star such as Sasha for to find a high-profile spot elsewhere. With Becky Lynch as double champ and Charlotte Flair as the number one villain in the women's division, it's easy to overlook how important Sasha Banks has been to the women's evolution. During the crucial period for women's wrestling in NXT during 2014-2015, when Sasha, Becky, Charlotte, and Bayley changed the game as the four horsewomen, the boss was the real star. Fans appreciated her nuanced character and in-ring work as the cocky, heelish boss. She was an obvious student in the game and a master of understated ring psychology. 
And it keeps, it goes into, you know, how I guess they would book Sasha Banks. You know, how, how she was taking you know, regular losses and consequential storylines from the Riot Squad. That was trash. You know, just going through, you know, her career pretty much. And all that, if you want to go check it out, thesun.co.uk, or if you just want to search uh, Sasha Banks News like I did, uh, that's pretty much what I had to go off of. But it's not wrong for what Sasha, it's not wrong what Sasha Banks is doing. Four years of bullshit calls by WWE could cause this. You know, I'm sure people on Twitter probably talking shit, you know, saying, fuck it, let her leave. But if she did leave, I wouldn't blame her one fucking bit. I would not. Hot potatoing the championship with Charlotte, Raw Women's Championship with Charlotte. Riot Squad. Actually, I'm going to look over this because there might be some other crazy ones. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you know, they're talking about the Sasha-Charlotte deal. Um, booked in a four-way match, you know, at 33, at WrestleMania 33. And uh, began a two-year period to stop-start booking. She had a never-ending will-they-won't-they-break-up storyline with Bailey. Regular losses on insequential storylines on TV. You know, she was in a permanent mid-card spot there staying. You know, she had a match with uh, Alexa Bliss at Great Balls of Fire. That was good. Raw uh, won the Raw Women's title at SummerSlam. Drop it again eight days later. I mean, the proof is in the pudding, people. You've seen it for the last four years, what they've done with Sasha Banks. Instead of making her one of literally like the top four or five women in the division, if they decide to actually merge it, But at least 2018 into 2019, they have just been improperly booking her. They really have. And it's a tragedy to see a talent like Sasha, and even Bailey too, for that matter, um, in 20, like 2017, 2018. Because we all remember what happened with her feudal at, uh, at, for Extreme Rules against Alexa Bliss. That was a, in San Jose. That was a fucking joke. We ain't going to speak of that here. We ain't got time for that. But at the end of the day, and I'm going to close it out here. They won't request her release if she decides to actually come back to WWE, come back to Vince McMahon and say, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. You've promised me things that I was thinking that were going to happen. And then at the last second, you cut it out. You cut it and then you do something for someone else or do something else instead of what you promised me. I get that. You know, think about it from like a job perspective, like job perspective. You bust your ass for like a year and a half to get a certain position, you know, and you're a top prospect for it and you know you can get the gig. But all of a sudden, they just handed it to the new hotshot that just got the uh, that just got the interview for it. Kind of like that. 
Sasha Banks has been overlooked. And I would have at least made her a champion many times over, but done right. You know, she still could be a four-time women's champion if she had solid title reigns to her name. You know, five, six-month title reigns. A three, a four-month title reign here. You know, maybe a longer one than that. Who knows? But when she came up from NXT, she was one of the hottest prospects coming up. And I knew, like, yeah, the four horsewomen deal. Yeah, they could have, you could have then had them as your cornerstones of the women's division. I would have loved to see another Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch feud. The characters the way they are now? Shit. Lacey Evans should be nowhere near the spot she's in right now. And that's as real as it gets. Okay? You could have put Sasha in that role and just let her be the bitch. You know, the the boss that, that, you know, against the man. Even though she has, even though she has, like, you know, female parts and whatnot, but still, feuds with Charlotte, feuds with Bailey, you know, even some of the newer talent, you know, maybe have a one with Lacey Evans. You know, if she's not going to be near the championship, make her somewhat of like not the gatekeeper, but one of those top names that still fight for title contention, especially if you're not going to have rematches or some shit. But let me finish up. I don't blame one, one last time. I'm not I do not blame Sasha Banks for feeling the way she does. I don't blame her for the four years of frustration that she had being built up. Say what you want. Say what you want. But I still feel if she did leave the company, that would deal a major blow to the women's division. That's how I feel about it. She could be a cornerstone of the women's division if WWE actually decided to book the women properly. As a result, Sasha Banks is now literally just there to be there. I hope WWE doesn't punish her, you know, for feeling the way she feels. WWE should take that as a sign to actually get their shit together for 2019 and realize, man, we really need to make sure these talents are booked, you know. You know, Ty Dillinger, Hideo Itami, Luke Harper, Alexander Wolf, The Revival. All asking for release because they're frustrated. But they're not going to be worked with. I don't blame Sasha Banks for feeling the same way they do. And that's how I feel about the Sasha Banks situation. And this is episode 67 of the Young Lions Perspective. And with that being said... We got a lot to talk about with the Superstar Shakeup. What's going on, guys? Zach from the Wrestling With Issues Podcast here. Welcome to episode 67 of the Young Lions Perspective. So glad to have you guys here with me on this Monday wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to check out this episode of the podcast. I greatly and truly appreciate it. And I'm so glad I did that in one take. (laughs) Anyway, like I said in the uh, opening segment, I had been away for a while. I'd say about close to two weeks. And I apologize for my hiatus. And I I, I need to get better with uh, 
especially with social media stuff, putting out things that I'm that there was no going to be no show this week. I'm I'm still getting used to that, you know, and all that because I know there's some of you out there who do like to listen to my stuff regularly. And for everyone of y'all who do, I appreciate y'all. Um, like I said, work had been a little bit crazy. I'm in a new uh, a new position, new department at my job, so I've been trying to get everything sorted out with that, trying to find my routine and making sure I do everything properly. But of course with my job, it's a bit crazy. So not every day is the same, but you want it to be as close as possible to consistency. Anyway, now that I got that out of the fucking way, thank you so much again for uh, checking out this episode of the podcast. And today on the docket, I've been wanting to do this because the superstar shakeup, Excuse me, 2019. Take a sip of coffee before I even start this shit, because I'm know I'm about to fucking go off on a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Caramel macchiato, man, sugar free. Uh, if you get, yeah, I always, I always endorse. I don't get sponsored by nothing. I endorse motherfucking creamers that are sugar free. I know for some, for some of y'all, I don't know why I'm gonna talk about coffee for a minute, but I am. So deal with it. <laughs> but um, yeah. I'm trying to get my weight down. You know, summer's coming, working out, try to at least try to do three to four times a week. And with the sugar-free creamers real quick, they're not as bad as you think. They're really not. And, it, you know, less calories, less sugar in your system, less sugar you into, you know, sugar intake is always good. Sugar-free creamers are nothing. That, that, I mean, they're good. So still good. They're still good. And, you know, don't, you know, sugar-free creamer in 2019, people. Anyway, back to the fun shit. The Superstar Shake-Up. What happened on Monday and Tuesday was embarrassing. It was very embarrassing to watch. I watched both the Raw and SmackDown shows, and just looking at what either side received makes me more convinced that they're really trying to get SmackDown prepared for the Fox turnover in 2019, in October. That's when Fox, you know, WWE starts going on Fox Sports, doing their Friday shows. I think, yeah, Friday? Yeah, Friday, 8 to 10. We now know that there's going to be like a weekly show uh, with like like the news for WWE on Fox Sports, they're gonna be doing that. And I'm really excited for that. But Raw got fucking robbed. I'm just gonna put it flat out there. Raw got robbed horribly too. Like they just just hanging around the bank. Next, thing you know, you know, guy come uh, guy comes to the desk with one of the tellers, puts a note out that says, "Pretty much, I'm gonna rob your shit, and there's nothing you're gonna do about it." That's basically what the fuck happened. Raw got robbed. Absolutely right. Um, some names that went over two different brands were good, and some were just confusing as fuck. Again, we're all got robbed. SmackDown pretty much is now primed and ready for October. Um, certain names I was actually, I actually kind of figured they needed to go to another brand, and some I was actually surprised by. I was very surprised by certain moves. And I was surprised by a very dumb move. So let's get into it. So, SmackDown Live won this whole thing. They did. 
looking at the talent that they got, Roman Reigns, Finn Balor, Elias, Bailey, Ember Moon, Kyrie Sane, Lars Sullivan, Buddy Murphy, Liv Morgan, Chad Gable, Apollo Crews, Mickey James, Otis, and Tucker, known as Heavy Machinery. I was very shocked that that was the amount of moves they got. Roman Reigns was the biggest surprise out of all of it for the SmackDown side. I did not think for one second that they were going to move Roman Reigns over to SmackDown Live. I'll tell you why. This is, how, this is how I felt about it. I was talking to a buddy of mine at work, Russell. We both love wrestling. I probably just, you know talked about him a couple times. Um, I, I, I threw this, you know, I threw it at Russell just to see where his head was at in terms of that. Because Roman Reigns, yes. That, I mean, to go over to SmackDown, I felt, you know, was a, would be a good move on their part. I was just shocked at the fact that they had it. But I, this is what I told him. This was before the Superstar Shakeup. I had felt that they were going to keep Roman on Raw as the guy to take the belt from Seth Rollins. That's how I really felt. I did not think that Seth Rollins was going to win at WrestleMania. I thought they were going to have him win at the Saudi show, have Roman Reigns win at Money in, uh, win at Money in the Bank, because then now, because then they can cash in on Seth, have that feel good moment for the fans. And I, I'd say this a while back: whenever Roman Reigns wins the top championship on either brand, in this. Uh, so at the time, it was at Russell, the Universal Championship. They were going to make it one of the biggest, you know, feel-good moments in WWE history because of Roman, you know, beating his uh, cancer back into remission. And, and I felt that's where they were going to go. I had a feeling that's where they were going to go. And he was just like, no. And I, and honestly, I didn't want to put it out there. I really, I really didn't. I was just like, you, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Roman got the title back. And now that he's going over on SmackDown, a lot of people are already, and myself included, you know, I think I said on Twitter, start the clock, you know, on Kofi's title reign for when Kofi uh, Kofi Kingston loses his championship. You, it already, the second Roman Reigns came out in that ending segment where Elias was known as the biggest acquisition in SmackDown history, which to which I replied, <laughs> that, that, that's my rebuttal for that. Um, I was really, really, it, like, this, how I felt about it, I was just like, okay, I'm shocked they made the move, but now Kofi's title reign is clearly in jeopardy. Clearly in jeopardy. For sure. I mean, personally, I still don't think they did, They, you know, they just did shit and didn't really think about it long term in terms of what they want to do for feuds, all this shit. But Roman was, like I said, was the one that was the biggest shock because I'm really thinking, like, they really, like, what are they, you know? Like, I get it, but I know why too. At least, um, at least my opinion. But that was the biggest one for me. They actually just had the balls to pull the trigger and move Roman to SmackDown. My hope, to which I think is not going to fucking happen, is that they turn that son of a bitch heel. Then the Usos moved over to Raw, and I'm thinking, okay, they can't really make Roman a heel. I mean, they could, but I think it would be better with the Usos by his side. That would have been made. That was my other thing. You know, if they kept Roman on Raw, he and the Usos could team together and start that Roman Empire thing they wanted to, you know, that they should have done about four or five years ago. Just just saying. You know, we still have that possibility. 
Unless they moved, well, what I would have loved then is to move the Office of Pain over to SmackDown. But of course, you know, Raw's tag team division is about as weak as fucking, you know, a seven-year-old arm wrestling a, a bodybuilder. That was the first thing that popped in my head. I don't know why. Finn Balor was my, that made the most fucking sense move of the entire Superstar Shakeup. Made complete sense. Finn Balor was doing nothing over on Raw for, for however long he was there. I think like two years or some shit. Finn Balor on SmackDown. Just, just, just think about this shit. All right, think about who didn't move over to Raw. Think about who didn't move: Nakamura, Rusev, Sheamus, Cesaro. Wish Andrade stayed; that would have been dope. But you know, Buddy Murphy. Lars Sullivan, Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston. If you haven't figured it out yet, I'm trying to build a mid card here. Okay. Look, that that's a pretty dope fucking mid card. Who wouldn't want to see Nakamura Finn Balor again? Finn Balor versus Rusev, fire. If they booked it right. Finn versus Kofi would be dope. Finn versus Daniel fucking Bryan. This is why I am calling it the, the that made the most fucking sense move. Because look at what Finn Balor gets handed. A mid-card you can build him around. Or should I say you build around him? Grammar. It just, it, I mean, now you have an, an Elias too. I mean, they're probably going to keep him doing the same old song and dance routine, but if they actually made him a wrestler too, instead of just, you know, doing all the singing shit, I think Elias would be a bigger fucking threat than anyone could think. I'm telling you, he's mid-card gold if they book him properly, besides the whole song, you know, song and dance routine, and let him wrestle. You know, that is, SmackDown has a damn good mid-card. Now, I mean, that's not to say Samoa Joe wouldn't have been a good mid-card guy, but... It, uh, Jeff Hardy, he's one half of the tag team champions. Him and Balor, could, him and Matt. Shit. Um, I the only wish I had was either Ricochet and Aleister Black did split up and go to uh, SmackDown. Because if they had like say Ricochet go over to SmackDown, shit. That's us. Mid their mid card over Raw's mid card. It would have been perfect. But now Finn Balor finally gets a you know. New scenery, new fans that hadn't seen them unless they watched them on TV. Now that they're in the city on Tuesday nights, now they have a possibility to see Finn. It's dope. It's a great move. Smartest move of the entire shakeup. Smartest move of the entire shakeup. And now we've gotten past Elias. Bailey. I had talked about it in the opening segment that now Bailey's now over to SmackDown as a singles competitor, as she has stated, you know. Sasha's on her own now. Now she's got to deal with, you know, whatever she's got to deal with. I talked about it at the opening segment. If you want to listen to that, go listen to that. I don't know how they'll book Bailey. I really don't. Because, I mean, they could make her a big deal for the SmackDown Women's Division. And this is this is where the, uh, I, why they shouldn't, why they didn't just fucking merge the Women's Division into one. Because I don't know how they're going to book Bailey going forward. 
you know, especially now with the additions of Ember Moon and Kyrie Sane and Mickey James, um, SmackDown's women's division is fucking loaded. Loaded. Yes, I said Raw got robbed, but the Raw women's division got fucking, like, like they might as well look at Raw's women's division if I can remember it off the top of my head, okay? You got Ruby Riot, Sarah Logan, Ronda Rousey, whenever she decides to return, Sasha Banks, Natalia, Beth Phoenix, if they decide to keep her around, uh, Zelina Vega, Alexa Bliss, Nia Jax, Tamina, God damn it, my fucking tablet. No. Fuck off, tablet. That, and, and Naomi. Yeah, that, that would be your women's division on Raw. It's all right. It's cool. Oh, yeah, Dana Brooke and Alicia Fox. Fuck me. Oh, God. Yeah, that, yeah, no. That brings it way down. But when you look now over at SmackDown's women's division... Oh, wait, I even forgot, you know, Becky, if you want to include her over there. And Lacey Evans. Okay, that, that's not bad, but it, it's 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 all right. It, it'll do. You know, you can you can build some major players around that. You could, you know. But look what you got over on the SmackDown side, okay? Let's start with Becky Lynch. Of course, she's a SmackDown Women's Champion. Charlotte, Bailey, Ember Moon, Kyrie Sane, Asuka, the Iconics. Uh, Carmella, Lana, if they want to put her in there, I guess you can call her that, either way, fuck it, I can't remember the rest of them right now, but just put it this way, no, actually, yeah, Sonya Deville, Mandy Rose, they kept them too, yeah, yeah, theirs looks fucking better, even if I can't remember the entire women's division off the top of my fucking head, I got a majority of it, shut up, but, (laughs) I'm on one today, just coffee, Ridiculous. Liv Morgan now that she's broken up from the Riot Squad. And I'll get to that in a second. But SmackDown's women's division is exponentially better than what Raw's got over on Monday nights. Give me another reason not to watch Raw tonight. Give me another reason. I mean, I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch as much as I can because I have to work early in the morning. So I'm going to try to watch as much as possible. But I have a strange feeling that... They have nothing going forward for Seth. Like, who's going to be Seth Rollins' first, you know, title defense? They should establish that night one instead of having that Kofi shit. I mean, yeah, I mean, it would have been dope to have Kofi and them just go one on one, no titles on the line. You know, just to see, you know, who's the better one at the moment. Then the bar crashed the shit. Now it's trash. Um, then they had a tag match with Seven Kofi versus the bar. That was fucking trash. That was a, but it was a straight up bait and switch. Straight up bait and switch on that. You know, Seth versus Kofi, winner take all. The Keep fans hooked during the national championship. And then you had the whole bait and switch with the bar. Fans got pissed, started chanting AEW, CM Punk. This is bullshit. We want refunds. Yeah, you can't be doing that. None of that. I just wanted to get that out there. You don't need to be doing none of that shit. Let fans get interested in the talent you have on the brand. Why would a SmackDown tag team go to Raw? Then not go to Raw. I don't fucking know. Whatever. Actually, that was the week before the Superstar shakeup. That was still trash, though. I had to get that out of there. That was fucking beat. That was shit. That was a terrible move. Anyway. 
Back to the women's division for a second. I like the idea of Kyrie Sane coming up and teaming with Asuka and Paige backing them as their manager. I mean, this is if this is what they were going to do anyway and have Asuka drop the title to Charlotte, led up to that, fine, whatever. If they make Asuka and Kyrie a fucking threat, then... See, that, that, see, this is what pisses me off. Because now, since you have not merged the women's divisions, right? You could have kept the Boston Hug connection. Had them retain the titles at WrestleMania like they should have. And if you were going to do Asuka and Kyrie Sane as a tag team anyway, you could have had the Boston Hug connection versus Kyrie Sane and Asuka for the women's tag team championship. Just saying. I know you're probably sitting there like, oh shit. <laughs> it's not fucking hard. You could have built up the Iconics to become the team who maybe could have taken the titles from Sasha Banks and Bailey. But they weren't built up to be champions. They were just, they got there because they pinned Sasha. Because what, Peyton pinned Sasha? To get their spot, nor were Nia Jackson to me that they shouldn't have been there because they already lost at fast lane. And then on top of that, Nia, uh, Natalia and Beth Phoenix were just there because Beth Phoenix was getting her, and she went out to crickets. So it only made sense for Sasha and Bailey, and I stated it on, you know, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly that was WrestleMania weekend. You know, you've literally ruined with the women's tag team titles. By not letting them have a, ch- a long championship ring. And if Asuka and Kyrie Sane was the team you're going to have come up next and be the, probably the next in line to face the Iconics and be the probably be, or more than likely be the ones to take the titles from them, it would have made sense to just tell the Iconics, fall back. Or, you know, we're going to have you guys, you know, take go, go a chance for titles, but we're going to have them retain. Because we want to build this title up. Maybe somewhere down the line you can steal them, you know. You can be involved in a tag match and win the titles then. But right now, we got to build these tag team titles up. Seriously. It, it just, it's just be like, it's just, and, I, and I always just thought of that shit on the fly. I literally was just thinking about it on the fly. You know, Kyrie and Asuka versus Sasha Banks and Bailey would have been a dope women's tag team title match. That would have been, a, that would have been a match you could probably put as an added match on an NXT TakeOver in San Jose. I'm just saying. You know, why not? Just, you know, if you, like, it's 2019. Let's, you're trying to build the, you know, build this up, build the WWE up into the juggernaut that we used to think it was. Now you're just going stupid and just acted dumb and made dumb decisions. Case in point, Chad Gable. You break up the glorious ones when they were just hitting their stride. And then you break them up. You could have broken them up months ago. Like I suggested, have Bobby Roode just turn, like, you know, let it ride out for a little while looking for, a, uh, you know, someone to build the next, to be the next Bobby Roode and Chad Gable would be the guy, you know, he molds him into his image and this, and then one day out of the blue, glorious EDD to Chad Gable. 
You could have had, you could have literally had that match at the Royal Rumble or something if you wanted to do that. Or hell, you could have got it out of the way by TLC. Had you started in like October or some shit. You know, have Rue turn on Gable at Survivor Series. That leads to a match at TLC. And the tag team. You know, then you could add Rude, you know. And then, of course, I explained it on you know, how, I would, how I would book WrestleMania. So, if you want to check that all out, just listen, go back to the, those uh, that episode. How I would book WrestleMania 35. So, that was whack. Um, Liv Morgan leaving the Riot Squad or breaking up with the Riot Squad. And I saw their, uh, I saw a video on Ruby, what Ruby Riot said at their uh, last uh, tour date together. And she said it wasn't, you know, just a breakup. It's an expansion. To, to steal from Paige real quick, baby girl, they broke y'all up. <laughs> they broke y'all the fuck up. And like I said, and this, and this just goes always back to my point with merging the women's divisions together. They would have never had to break up. <laughs> they would have never had to do that. You're not just going to put two titles on two title, you know, two championships on one woman. And not have fans begin to think merging the women's division was going to be a thing. It's just, it's just, just do it already. Just do it. Just do it. No one's going to, and, and have them across both brands. Okay. Like, and then you add Mickey James on top of that. That just adds more depth to the women's division. I'm telling you, Raw, when you watch Raw tonight, well, well, listen to this first, but then go watch Raw right after that. I am telling you, point blank, period. I am telling you, you're going to see a major difference in what the Raw women's division is going to look like. Then you watch SmackDown tomorrow night, and you're going to see what a real division looks like. And then you're going to think, damn, maybe they should just merge all these women together because I'm really not liking the Raw side of things. Got to use your head. When you do a superstar shakeup, I prefer they did it a draft, did it as a draft. But when you do it as a superstar shakeup, you're just moving parts. It doesn't have that feel that I like. You know, you're just moving names over for the fucking sake for the fucking sake of just moving people over. You know, I mean, and here's two, uh, but I can complain about how bad the superstar shakeup was, but moves they made, I actually like. Case in point, two names. Actually, three, because I, I do like Apollo Crews. Laura Sullivan, Buddy Murphy, Apollo Crews. I do like these three moves. Chad Gable just doesn't make sense to me. I would like to add him, but I would have preferred Bobby Roode over Chad Gable on SmackDown. Unless they're going to be do, making plans for him to turn heel. Then it's a wash for me. If they, if they decide not to do that to Bobby Roode. But I love me some Buddy Murphy. I love me some Lars Sullivan. And I like Apollo Crews. I think these three could be, you know, lower to mid. Actually, just a lower mid-card guys to start out. And then let them prosper. Let them have... Because you got to think of the mid-card. Balor versus Crews. Balor versus, like I said, Balor versus Murphy. You know, Balor versus Sullivan, if you wanted to go that route. For the Intercontinental Championship. I'm telling you, the mid-card just has... And that's what I love about SmackDown went beating Raw. 
when you, if you ever ask me in the street, if you ever, you know, if you ever ask me on Twitter or anything like that, or if I see a poll, because I haven't really done any polls on who won, but SmackDown won this entire thing. You know what I mean? Just just those three guys in the mid card, I think that could definitely help them. I think SmackDown creatively can work with these guys and make them look better. Lars Sullivan, I know they're going to be making him a huge factor on SmackDown. Sullivan Bryan. Sullivan Kingston. You know, Sullivan Balor, Sullivan Reigns again. I loved, I would love them to do that. Sullivan Sheamus. You know, Cesaro, him and... Oh my God, that would be a hell of a battle. But yeah, it it just those and Buddy Murphy now going from two hundred five live to SmackDown Live, a la uh, Mustafa Ali. I think he's gonna make waves. I think he's gonna be huge waves on SmackDown. I think he's gonna absolutely kill it. I'm gonna be. I love you know that. I love his gimmick. I love that he's such a hell one hell of a heel. I think he, if he learns you know grows more as as uh, cutting promos, I think he could be one of the better upper mid-carders on SmackDown Live come this time next year. Because now, because now, yeah, you had him work with, you know, of course, Cedric Alexander, um, Hideo Itami, Mustafa Ali, Tony Nese, and he's had some really good matches on, on 205 Live. He really has. His matches with Cedric Alexander were fucking dope. He's had a really solid run on 205 Live, and now moving him on to Tuesday nights, I'm excited for him. The fact that they're adding cruiserweights to the main roster, you know, I wish they would have, what I would have loved is to just have the cruiserweights on both rosters and spreading out, you know, letting them go across both brands and start, especially for Raw. The Raw, you know, I will always say forever, Raw dropped the ball when it came to the cruiserweight division because they made it into a mockery instead of an added piece of depth for Raw shows. That's their mistake. Bringing them over now to the main roster is kind of like another, I guess, another NXT, if you will. I just wish they were more prominent on television. That's my only gripe with that. Other than that, Buddy Murphy going to SmackDown Live is probably a, is one of the better moves that they got for that. Uh, Mickey James, of course, adds depth to the women's division. Apollo Crews is the one I think they've been slipping on the most. Um... I love Apollo Crews. I think, you know, his last little bit of uh, runs, actually his, most of his whole fucking career on the main roster has been very meh. And I like Apollo Crews. I think he he has the makings of a mid-card champion if they did it right. But, I mean, I guess, I guess it's biased towards NXT talent. But when you've seen these guys grow, guys and girls grow through NXT, becoming, you know, household names with NXT fans. And then when they go up to the main roster, they just get treated like straight garbage. It's, it kind of, it's, it's hurtful, you know, cause you support them on their, you know, on their way up main, you know, Vince gets a hold of them and it's just, okay. But I really hope SmackDown live works on guys that are coming in guys who are maybe like lower mid card and start building them up. You know, you can, you got a lot of talent, a lot of good talent you're getting from raw. And, and if SmackDown does it properly, and plus you got to think too, with one less hour of shows, less, you know, it's going to be more action. You know, they're going to want to put them in, in the roles and wrestle and wrestle and be in front of the crowd. Not saying there'll be a major programs immediately unless you're Lars Sullivan. I think they're going to start putting him in programs early. But for Buddy Murphy and Apollo Crews, 
it's going to take them some time, I think. You know, I like I said, by this time next year, they can be completely different, you know, guys with, you know, and become household names on SmackDown Live. That's what I hope for a good amount of the talent that are being moved over. And with Otis and Tucker, um, yeah, they're going over to SmackDown, but now you're building around the Hardys. And this is not a knock on the Hardys. I just think they're not a team we should be building around in 2019. Sure, congratulations, you know, SmackDown Tag Team Champions. I'll give you that. You know, I didn't think they were actually going to pull the trigger. But once the Usos lost to the Hardys, I, we all knew that the Usos were going to Monday Night Raw. But with, with what SmackDown got, and then adding in what they already had, it's safe to say the blue brand got the better end of this deal. They really did. Some of the moves were weird, of course. You know, Liv Morgan and Chad Gable, I think, were the ones that kind of confused me the most. Bailey was one that was a bit confusing. Oh, I didn't even get that. Ember Moon. My fault, Ember. Ember Moon, coming back from her, you know, injury at the uh, Battle Royal for the ladies at WrestleMania, then moving her over to SmackDown. This is probably the one move for the ladies out of all the ones that I moved that I moved over, and I loved Kyrie. The Kyrie that was a good move by for SmackDown, but Ember Moon was the one that I I actually particularly liked the most for the women. She's a damn good wrestler. And her stepping up to Becky first night, I think they're really pushing towards an Ember-Becky match. I hope they're doing that. For the sake of the fact that they really need to start working on fresh new feuds. They got Lacey Evans and Becky. I'm still on the fence about that one. I still can't. I, I don't know if I can get behind it just yet. It all depends on what they do with Lacey going forward. But with Becky... Now going up against new names, that's always a plus for me. Ember Moon going up against Becky, I can rock with that. I can honestly rock with that. I'm down for it 100% if that's the route they're going to go as Becky's first feud as double champion. You know, having to defend two belts instead of fucking one because they're fucking stupid and they don't know how to fucking realize they need to merge the damn divisions, make it as one, and then you can just have top contenders go for the... Never mind. Sounds like a broken record at this point, but... Come next year, 2020, around this time, I think Ember Moon will have, you know, had a good year. I think SmackDown's going to have a really good year. You know? Just looking at what they've got, what they have now, and what they've already had, SmackDown really didn't lose much. They didn't really lose much. Okay, they lost AJ Styles. But we'll get into that. All that being said, SmackDown... Safe to say, they won the Superstar Shakeup. We do it with the draft, too. You know, for the NFL draft, teams are, you know, dead set on, you know, picking their best. Some some are good and some are terrible. And then they always ask who won the draft on day one, day two, and then who won the entire draft. SmackDown won this entire fucking thing. No two ways about it, and that's why I talked about them first. Look at, you know, I can't wait to see what they're going to do. Because what they what they have to do is make, if build up SmackDown. I think that's what they're going to be doing in 2019. They're building up SmackDown to get them ready for October 2019 when they move over to Fox on Friday nights and all this shit. I'm surprised Ronda Rousey didn't move over. But don't be so sure about that. 
I'm surprised they didn't move Brock Lesnar over either, but he's technically a free agent, so he's going to probably go over SmackDown and do what he wants. So, that is how I feel about the SmackDown side of things. They won. Now it's time to talk about who lost, and that would be Monday Night Raw. So, we're going to take a quick break, check out one of our sponsors, and then we're going to get into why Raw lost the Superstar Shakeup. We'll be right back. And we are back, and we are going to talk about Monday Night Raw. Let's talk about the list of the superstars that moved over to Raw. AJ Styles, The Miz, Ricochet, Aleister Black, Eric, and Ivar. We'll, we'll come back to them. Andrade, Zelina Vega, Rey Mysterio, The Usos, Naomi, EC3, Lacey Evans, Eric Young and Cedric Alexander. Oh, this going to be a fun segment. Get your popcorn, get your soda pop, all that good shit, because we about to have some fucking fun with this shit. Get all the positive shit out of the way first. AJ Styles. Yes, I love that move. It was it was going to be, it was, it was literally a mere formality that we were going to get AJ Styles on Raw. It was going to happen because now we get Rollins versus Styles at SummerSlam. I hope. I hope that they don't do it. Oh dear. Oh dear. And I do have something in the tuck for SummerSlam. Can't tell you what it is. Just know only two people know about it. And maybe some other people that I told about. But other than that, I'm going to uh, enjoy what I'm going to do at SummerSlam. Just just to keep that cliffhanger on there. I'm just kind if you, of, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll, you'll know what's going to, you know what's going to happen. I probably said it once or twice before on the podcast. If you don't know, go back to listen to those episodes. Promise you, SummerSlam is going to be so much fucking fun for me. Anyway, Styles going over to Raw, good move. Like I said, it was a mere formality, and the the, the Styles Rollins match is going to be on everyone's mind. People are already making fan posters, homemade fan posters for it. Uh, I think uh, my buddy Russell sent one to me, and I was just like, that looks clean as shit. That looks so fucking clean. And it makes sense. Just do it. Uh, the Miz going over to Raw. I like that move as well. Because then we get the beat. Oh, wait. The beat? Mm. The wheels are spinning, people. Can we get the Miz Taraj back? Can we get the Miz and the Miz Taraj back? I love the Miz and the Miz Taraj. I really did. Um... I re- it really sucked when they got moved, when they moved Miz over to SmackDown, and you know the B team, the B team, fucking oh my god, I hate that fucking name, the B team. It's the Miztourage. I have that on my fucking WWE 2K19 universe mode that I'm rebuilding for the eight million time because I'm just I just can't help myself and thinking of booking decisions in my head. But that I hope they get that together. They bring that back because I think. The B team right now is just wallowing in the in the depths of the sea that is uh, go fuck yourself over and go chill and creative land. Ricochet and Alistair Black as a tag team. I don't like it. I do not like this move. I don't like it for the simple fact that with Alistair Black and Ricochet as a tag team, it definitely worked for what they were trying to do to get to WrestleMania weekend. 
you know, with them facing the War Raiders in that really dope-ass tag team match for the uh, NXT Tag Team Championship. And then in the Fatal 4-Way, which is actually a good match on their part for the SmackDown Live Tag Team Championships. I don't like the call of keeping them together. I don't. They are singles competitors. That can help bid, help build a mid-card. Why? I, I, I get the fact that you're trying to build tag teams for Raw. But this is not one tag team that needed to stay together. You know, they could have, you know, Ricochet, I still state, go on SmackDown, Aleister Black is perfect for Raw. He is tailor-made for Raw. A lot of people would have had him over to SmackDown and have Ricochet over in Raw, but the way I saw it, I think the better matchups for Ricochet would have been on SmackDown and Aleister Black would have had the better matches on Raw. I get you're trying to get this tag team division working over on Raw and adding the Usos was a good move. You still lost, though. But Aleister Black and Ricochet didn't need to stay together. They are singles competitors in their own right, and they need to be working on their singles careers instead of keeping them together. I get it. They're a solid tag team, but they don't need to be together at this point. They they served their purpose as a tag team. They won the Dusty Classic. They had their title matches, and they lost. So it should have been right to break them up now at this point. The Usos. Uh, don't worry, I'm going to get to the to Eric and Ivar in a minute. But let me just get everything else out of the way. The Usos. I wish they had stayed on SmackDown. I really do. Usos and Hardys, yeah. Would have been, you know, a lot of people were clamoring for that match at WrestleMania. I knew it wasn't going to happen at WrestleMania. Then they did it on SmackDown. The Hardys won the Tag Team Championships. Like I said, the Hardys, a good team, but they're part-timers, man. The Usos are the best. Like, when you're the best at what you do, you deserve to be considered champion. The Usos are the, literally at the top of their game. And you had them lose to the Hardys. So what's their time? What's the time frame on their title reign? Because I know it's not going to be long. And when the only team you literally moved was heavy machinery. I know there's not going to be a supplemental draft. They already, you know, the, the week is, the week came and went. I mean, it's a good move and more than likely they're, you know, the Usos are going to be a Hawkins and Ryder and they're going to be the tag team champions going forward on Raw. And maybe setting up, they're setting up something for Survivor Series. I don't fucking know. I'm thinking too far ahead. But the Usos was the right move. You know, in this circumstance, for what they have right now, going over to Raw to help build that tag team division, solid move. Sanity breaking up, though, pissed me the fuck off. Eric Young, as far as I know at this very moment, is the only member of Sanity to stay on main roster status. I I, I know what's going on with Alexander Wolf. I know where he's at now. And I'm proud of them because now they're building a stable over in a certain brand that I'm really a fan of. And it feels right. And I can't fucking wait for them to do it. Killian Dan is a beast. I love Killian Dan. I would have loved for them to build him, especially after what he had done in NXT. You know, of course, you know, being part of the six-pack challenge, you know, for the ladder match for the North American Championship, that was awesome. 
you know, what they did in uh, NXT, that was awesome. They had a lot of hope and a lot of um, fanfare going into it, into the main roster run. And then it just went nowhere for them. It absolutely went fucking nowhere. And now they're disbanded. And now, who's left? You know, Eric Young's just going to be in catering for Raw. They're not going to do anything with him. He's not world champion material. You then have Killian Dane. I don't know what they're going to do with him now. Personally, just bring him over to NXT UK. I'd say the same for Nikki Cross. I would do it. Right now, you know. As much as I would love to have Oscar and Nikki Cross, I think ship them off to ship them off the NXT UK and let them let them do their thing over there. At least you know under the watch of Triple H, they're gonna be amazing. But Sanity was that one group that really got the short end of the stick. And even the shit end of the stick. It's fucking retarded. What they're doing with talent. They don't like. It, I, I believe in, in all honesty. WWE didn't plan long term. I still think they're going to fly by the seat of their pants. And just book on the fly. But with what you've. Who you've moved over. And what you've done. Shit has to get taken care of. Sanity should have been taken care of. Sanity was that team. Where this was. This was Triple H's like. Like just a decade long thought process that he had that he that he built this team off of that premise of Eric Young at the time Sawyer Fulton Alexander Wolf and then Nikki Cross and then Sawyer Fulton went down I think he got released and then they at brought in Killian Dean and it was perfect the outlaws you know the the crazy people the psychopaths and they've prospered on NXT and it was fucking awesome then you brought them up to the main roster and they did absolutely fucking jack all. Nothing. Except being catering. Nikki Cross was still in NXT when they brought Sanity up. Then they brought Nikki Cross up and they did nothing with her besides to have that one match with Becky Lynch that I thought was really good. That's it. It, it pisses me off that you have certain talent that are I feel that are good talents. And they and WWE's just like, meh. We got nothing for you right now. Then ship them somewhere else. NXT UK is popping right now. And I and like I said, I unfortunately haven't been watching it as I should. Because I used to watch it fucking religiously and I'm really I think I'm behind like three episodes. But to be truthfully honest, and let's be truthfully honest here. Sanity got the hose. And you wonder why Gallows and Anderson are going to be leaving come October. Sanity is one of those teams with that I just really, they dropped the ball on. And there should be no reason why it had to come to this. But, I mean, if there's any positive coming out of it, I would have Wolf. Wolf is already where he is right now. He's not done with WWE, by the way. Just so you know, I'm adding extra hints. I want you to figure this out. He's not he's not in WWE, but he never left WWE. Think about it. 
I would send Killian Dane and Nikki Cross back to NXT UK. Let Triple H guide them. Let them be useful. Somewhere down the line, they'll become beast. And adding Nikki Cross to that NXT women's division, who's now added what? Kaylee Ray, Jazzy Gabbard's going to be there soon. Piper Niven, I see, I've seen in pictures. You got Rhea Ripley. You got Ginny. You got Millie McKenzie. Zaya Brookside. Tony Storm, of course. Um, Casey Owens, when, you know, if she, you know, presence felt, you know, that women's division in NXT UK is going to thrive. And adding a woman like Nikki Cross, make, it just ups that. Um, Isla Dawn, Nina Samuels, you know, you have a solid women's division. Just add Nikki Cross to it, and you got a bigger, you got, hell, you got a better division than Raw. You got a better women's division on the NXT UK than you would in Raw. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. And then we get to what I'm calling the worst move of the entire Superstar Shakeup. The Viking experience. Eric and Ivar. Who we fucking know as the fucking War Raiders. What the fuck is a Viking experience? Vince. Sounds like a fucking Disney World Park ride. Sounds like something I go to Six Flags and shit. The Viking Experience. One of the t- one of North America's tallest roller coasters. With a deep plunge of 365 feet in the air. Turning down at 95 miles per hour. Damn near s- peeling your skin off. Going mock when I don't fucking know. <laughs> That's my vocation. That's the audio for electronic media class coming out of me. Fun fact, I went to a vocational school for that, so... <laughs> I used to be in boobs and practice shit for uh, for testing and all that. So, fun fact there. But yeah, um, what the fuck is a Viking experience? Let's be. Like, you literally took one of the up and coming teams in NXT, and now you're gonna bring them up to Monday Night Raw while they're still your current reigning and defending NXT Tag Team Champions who you didn't showcase their title belts on fucking Raw for reasons I can't understand. Maybe fucking Vince was in a, you know, fucking a dick measuring contest, got real pissed off, Triple H won again, and then was just like, you know what? I'm scooping up the War Raiders. And why did we change their name in the fucking first place? Oh, I know why, because you're still in PG fucking programming, and apparently you can't say War Raiders. But yet you call Ember Moon the War Goddess. Get the f- fuck get the fuck out of here, Vince. The Viking experience. Sounds like bootleg medieval times to me. Eric and Ivar when you had Hanson and Roe. What the fuck? This is why Vince McMahon can't fucking do this shit no more. You literally, you literally went to 90 fucking three real quick when I was five years old. Wasn't even watching wrestling yet. I was too busy watching Power Rangers and shit. Went back in your, what, in your time machine that we know you got. Went back to 93, scooped that name up, came back to 2019 and said, this will be working right here. Are you fucking kidding me? Come on. Come the fuck on. 
the Viking experience. Eric and Ivar. You've already fucked over Raw Raiders. This, you fucked them over already. All fucking ready. Those who watch NXT know War Raiders. Those who watch NXT and know the War Raiders saw this shit and was probably like, yo, fuck this shit. Within five fucking minutes, you've already ruined the War Raiders. You've already fucked over Hanson and Roe. Because they don't exist anymore. They are now Eric and Ivar, the Viking experience. And then you can add Sarah Logan in there too, because... Roe and, oh, I'm sorry, I've, is, I I don't fucking know, fuck that, I'm calling them the fucking War Raiders, Roe married Sarah Logan, so I'm sure they might add Sarah Logan into something with that, why the hell not, you know, because she was in the part of that, uh, I think it was Phoenix's entrance, I think, I think it was Phoenix, yeah. Where Sarah Logan was a part of the whole, like, Sarah Logan and, uh, their, and some of their family, um, were a part of that. So it wouldn't be a surprise to me. The Viking experience. Sounds like an actual restaurant at Disney World. <laughs> you you literally fucked them. First week out. Am I supposed to care now? about Eric and Ivar. No, I don't, because I care more about the War Raiders, Hanson and Roe. So now in 2020, 2K20, you got to change everything over from the War Raiders to the Viking experience. Eric and Ivar. I fucking can't stand this shit. This was the worst move you can make. Literally. Liv Morgan, you know, broken up from the Pride Squad to SmackDown. Chad Gable, now breaking up Rude and Gable, the glorious ones when they were hitting their stride as a tag team, now is on SmackDown. You can even say Sanity was just as worse a pick as the Viking experience, but the Viking experience... was just absolute fucking bullshit. As a podcaster, I say this is bullshit. As a WWE fan, I also say that's bullshit. The Viking experience. Sounds like a bootleg fan shop in Minnesota. (laughs) <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm going to get so much shit for this. But what, I get you're trying to build up a tag team division, but you, but the War Raiders still have things to do in NXT. They have the Street Profits on the way up. You still have Undisputed Era looking around. The Forgotten Sons. Mustache Mountain. The European Union of Barcel, Bartel, and Fabian Eichner. I mean, they still have things to do in NXT. Why bring them up now? It's 
it doesn't make sense when they still have things to do in NXT. They have still have title defenses to make. The next takeover ain't until June. The next big one ain't going to be until August. Well, every takeover is a big one, so fuck it. But that, that was literally the worst thing you could do. Was desecrate the War Raiders because there's because war is in it. Because you can't say War Raiders. It, it's it's so fucking it, it's it's absolutely it's asinine. It's totally asinine. It is foolish. Skewed thoughts. They are going to screw this tag team over within three fucking months. I guarantee it. They don't know what to do with them. Triple H does. They shouldn't. They, like, and, and then going into the Lacey Evans thing. Like the War Raiders, Hanson and Rowe. Lacey Evans wasn't ready for the main roster. And I've been saying that for a long while. Since probably December. When they when she got uh got her call up and they didn't know what brand they were gonna put them on yet. They did that terribly too. Lacey Evans was just getting into the top tier of the women's division back at the end of December on NXT. Being involved in a fatal four-way number one contenders match to determine who was gonna face Shayna Baszler at TakeOver Phoenix. I will state I'm stating this before, and I'm gonna state it again. Lacey Evans was not ready for a main roster appeal. She was just another, you know, and I give, and I'm going to give Lacey Evans all the credit in the world because she can do what she can do. Just another blonde, big titty bimbo that Vince McMahon had a heart on for. In Vince McMahon's eyes, of course. But that's, yeah, but Vince like kind of likes that look. Because they, there's the way they did Lacey Evans was making her a glorified runway model for like what two months? Have her walk down the aisle, give a little wave, sashay, blah blah blah. Go back up the aisle, go back. And that, now is the segment. Now all of a sudden you got her in, in the mix for a championship shot with Becky Lynch. Too soon. Too fucking soon. I like Lacey Evans. I just didn't think she was definitely ready for it. And then WWE has honestly shown that. They turned it like this. Like I said, before she got into the mix with Becky, they just had her be a glorified one-way model for two months. That's all I perceive. If I'm just a casual fan turning on Monday Night Raw, oh, my thoughts still would have been like, so what does she do? Act like a glorified one-way model? I would have said the same shit, guaranteed. But that's the way that they had turned Lacey Evans into for two months. Every event, every Raw, every SmackDown they had, every pay-per-view, your obligatory runway model, Lacey Evans. And now, number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship. <sighs> and you wonder why Sasha Banks wants to leave the WWE. Same. EC3. 
EC motherfucking three. Man, they do have they done this man dirty since they called him up. Another case of he should have never been called up to the main roster. He shouldn't have. EC3 was just making his stride to get into the upper mid card and possibly face Velveteen Dream somewhere down the line for the North American Championship. Triple, uh, not Triple H, Vince McMahon then brought him up to the main roster and made a mockery out of him because he was over in TNA. They have done EC3 so fucking wrong so far on the main roster that I wouldn't be surprised if Ethan Carter III started asking for his release very soon. I'm surprised their their spring cleaning hasn't been crazy. I'm really shocked. What the fuck is up on my tablet? Okay. Oh, my tablet one stack stupid. Okay, that's cool. All right, that was weird. But no, let me get into why. Let me really get into why EC3 is a bad call. Like I said. He had so much to do in NXT that I don't even think he got out the starting block for his career in NXT. I, I really felt he was going to make some headwaves. I really thought he was going to make some moves, you know, in NXT, have some great matches, have a great, you know, thing going on down there. And they've, they just really, I hate to say it, bury him, but they're damn near fucking close. Besides the Dean Ambrose shit, name one thing he has done in uh, WWE main roster that was any of any significance. Take all the time you need. Oh, you got nothing? Okay, just wanted to make sure we're on the same page. His last appearance was because of Samoa Joe being very ill. Still went to Raw, but they couldn't use him because he was he couldn't move from what I've read and heard. He couldn't move. But still made it to the Raw event. Anyway, that's a trooper. So what they do, they put in EC3 in the spot. Oh, by the way, yeah, Samoa Joe will be on Raw. Don't worry about that. And they had EC3 just get destroyed by Braun Strowman. Do you honestly think they're going to use him in any capacity on Raw? No. Hell no. They should let him go back to NXT. If they had stated all brands... All everyone was on, on the on the chop oh, not the chopping block, but like was able to be moved. I know a few names who could have went back to down the NXT. I could think of a few names: EC3, Lacey Evans, Sanity, The Revival. Uh, Nakamura, Finn Balor. <laughs> Just, just bring back all all NXT alumni, bring them back down there, and just let them throw, and just do let them. Oh wait, that's everybody. Okay, not everybody, but you know, there's a lot of names and that kind of went down to NXT or NXT UK to NXT or and if they were gonna do all brands all week, treat it as if it's such, and give me the social media coverage to boot. But yeah, they did EC three, but EC three was they have done him so wrong already. What's to say he's going to do anything more for 2019 on Monday Night Raw? Rey Mysterio 
It happened. <laughs> I got really. I don't really have much to say on Rey, for Rey Mysterio on Raw. It happened. Whatever. The one move I was I did like, and I'm wrapping. And I'm getting to the close to the end of this. Cedric Alexander on Monday Night Raw, I thought was a really good move. You know, because now they're you know he was the second cruiserweight to be brought into the main roster from 205 Live. Cedric Alexander, Alexander, Alexander had done everything he needed to do at 205 Live. Held the Cruiserweight Championship, won the title at WrestleMania last year. Had a great feud with Buddy Murphy. Had a great match in the Super Showdown before he dropped the title. You know, he had done everything he needed to do, and it was time for him to move over to, uh, to the main roster. I think he can thrive on Raw. I think he can do great on Raw if they, if they want to push him because they because Mustafa Ali almost got, you know, was off the starting block, but he got unfortunately injured. And when the, it was, the what was Kofi Kingston's angle was supposed to be Ali's angle. But I think he'll do well. I think they'll he'll prosper on Raw if they book him the, like, like, like a big fucking deal because you have him in the Miz, Andrade, you have EC3. They can do a little something. Um, Alistair Black, they could do a little something with. Why not have a match with AJ Styles? There's a lot of matches there that you can do with all of these guys. I think Ricochet Alexander would be dope. I think Black versus Alexander would be dope. I think Andrade versus Alexander would be dope. The Miz versus Alexander, when he gets starts getting building up, that would be dope. Him versus Seth Rollins, I think they could go have fun, have fun with that one. But yeah, I mean, you could do a lot with Cedric Alexander. You really could. Andrade was another one that I was... I, I'm on the fence about Andrade moving over to Raw. I think there wasn't a lot... He didn't do much over in SmackDown Live to have a warrant a move. And I think now with the Intercontinental Champion Finn Balor over on SmackDown, that's a missed opportunity they had. Especially the match that they had on Raw this past week, on last week. That was dope. That was fucking dope. Imagine if he, they had stayed on SmackDown and did that shit. Oh my god. It's unfortunate, too, because Andrade, Finn Balor, I would have wanted a little bit more out of that. Balor, Almas, I would have loved a little bit more with that. I really wanted wanted to see how far they could take that, you know, even if it was just a feud in and of itself. And that's why I had the thought of, oh, man, are they going to keep Balor on uh, on Raw and keep just to keep the titles? But it made sense to move both. I still think, though, I would have loved Balor versus Almas. If they just kept Andrade on uh, SmackDown. Had they kept Andrade C and Almas on SmackDown and then had the feud with Balor. Are you kidding me? That would have been one hell of a feud. And a great feud for Balor to start with on SmackDown Live. And that's why I'm saying the Intercontinental Championship title scene is going to be so much better than the United States title scene. Because they don't know, because Raw doesn't know how to build a mid card to save their fucking lives. I think SmackDown can do a lot better with this, with the group they have. I think that Intercontinental Championship mid card mix, mid card mix, just makes it very exciting for me to watch on Tuesday nights. And I always say that I always live tweet during SmackDown Live anyway, so I have more of a reason to enjoy it. And let me just make sure I go through the list too. Make sure I got everybody. Um, Naomi, it it happened. Like I said, the like the Raw Women's Division got robbed. Make sure I got everything out there. Ricochet, I talked about. Yeah, um, I think that guy and Erica Force, I got everybody. 
all in all, Raw lost the Superstar Shake-Up. I already stated that SmackDown won the Superstar Shake-Up. Here's why they lost. Fox had, the Fox move happened. That's why they lost. If WWE kept both Raw and SmackDown on USA Network and NBC Universal, I, it could probably be more even. But with Fox gearing up for October, yeah, they go, they want the best. That's not to say that it is Styles is not the best, but they wanted the best faces of WWE for SmackDown. Roman, Balor, you know, you know, showing up the women on uh, SmackDown. They wanted to beef that up a bit. That's why they brought over Bailey, Moon, Ember Moon, Kyrie, Mickey James, just for added depth. And you already see what they have for that. That I mean, you got Styles, you got Miz, Ricochet, Alistair Black. Those are good names. Andrade is a good one. Easy, not easy three. Cedric Alexander was a good one. The Usos was a good move. It's just it wasn't enough. It was not enough for me to say Raw beat SmackDown. Because they didn't. Sure, you get Styles Rollins for the WWE uh, Universal Championship somewhere down the line. You still you get Styles McIntyre, Styles Broman, uh, Broman, Styles Strowman, Samoa Joe going over there. So you got that. I mean, they have some. They have a decent main event, upper mid card scene there. But when you look over at SmackDowns, it looks so much better because you because you still don't have to deal with Bobby fucking Trashley and Baron. Your favorite TGI Fridays GM Corbin. I wish they moved McIntyre too. If there's one person I really would have liked to see move over to SmackDown, it would have been Drew McIntyre. I think he needed a fresh view, a fresh scene. And looking at what SmackDown's main event scene is going to look like, I would have liked to see a McIntyre Nakamura. I would have loved to see a McIntyre Balor, uh, fresh. Somewhere down the line, I would have loved to see Rusev McIntyre, Daniel Bryan versus McIntyre. That would have been crazy. Uh, McIntyre Kingston, if they ever wanted to do that. Uh, him versus Ali, Mustafa Ali, of course. It would have been just something fresh, like because Drew McIntyre hadn't been on SmackDown for a long ever since he left WWE and came back. I think moving him to SmackDown, I think that was the one missed opportunity that they had. Because you could have had really good matches with McIntyre v. Insert any now SmackDown person there, but I think him losing the Roman and all that, I think that's why that that would wouldn't have made sense. But I would have loved McIntyre on SmackDown. That's the one. That's the one big one I think they really really missed out on was McIntyre going over to SmackDown for the first time in years. You know he makes his return. You have a storyline there, and that, and then you know have him attack. You know. Kofi or, you know, just a, you know, a big name babyface on there. So that's what I got to say about the Superstar Shake-Up in and of itself. The, the Raw version, of course. I'm going to take a quick break and then we're going to wrap this all up. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. That's going to be it for episode 67 of the Young Life Perspective. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you so much for taking time out of this episode of the podcast. I really appreciate it. As always, if you 
alternative of professional wrestling podcasting and that we are here to stay. Now, if you enjoy this episode of the podcast and you want to listen to this episode again or any of the other 66 episodes of the podcast, including the debut episode of Outside the Ropes and, of course, the two Secret Files episodes. And yes, there is a third on the way. I guarantee it. There is a third on the way coming very soon. You can find this besides the Anchor app. You can find it across eight different platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and of course, y'all know that good old Spotify fam to search for the Young Lions perspective on across any one of those platforms and you have to have no problem finding it whatsoever. Now, if you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the Young Lions perspective, do not hesitate to follow me on my social media on Twitter at Suede Senator WWI. I do live tweeting for a, sometimes Raw, SmackDown Live, NXT, NXT UK, and every WWE Live pay per view, as well as any New Japan shows, any shows that I'm going to be watching. I'll definitely be watching All In. So I'll be live tweeting during that. Follow me on there to see the live tweets because my thoughts are freaking crazy. You can also follow me on Instagram at young underscore lions underscore perspective. Follow me across both of those platforms so you can stay updated with everything that's going on with the Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Now, as far as 68 goes, Friday, episode 68, I'll be talking about NXT and NXT UK. It has been a while since I had done an episode for both of those. So I'm really excited to see NXT, NXT UK and see what I've been missing um, across NXT UK because I know I've missed about three or four episodes from that, so I'm way behind. But guys, until then, you guys have a great day. Enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, I'm more than likely to be live tweeting Raw tonight because it's the first actual episode after the Superstar Shakeup that we now have rosters established. So I'm gonna try as best as I can to not rant on Twitter, but I can't promise you anything. But like I said, follow me at Suede Senator WWI on Twitter so you can follow along with my thoughts on Raw tonight. Guys, enjoy the rest of your day. And we'll talk soon again on Friday for episode 68 of the Young Lions Perspective. See ya!